Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Good morning, gorgeous listeners. It's Dr. Lucy here. I have a slightly husky and at times coffee voice as I'm recovering from COVID, but feeling much, much better. So thank you for everybody who has sent me little messages. This morning, we have another fabulous guest because as you know, Dr. Mary's still on maternity leave. And we, from time to time, bring you real people. So, you know, our podcast follows one of three patterns. Either it's Dr. Mary and myself yakking on, it's me interviewing a guest expert, or it's me chatting with a real-life person. So this morning, I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with a real-life person, and I would love to welcome to the podcast, Beck. Good morning, Beck. How are you? Good morning. I'm fabulous. Thank you for having me. Oh, excellent. No, we are super pleased to have you. I think that real life journeys are so helpful for people because, you know, they see themselves in so many of, you know, stories like yours and and various other guests. So we love from time to time peppering in real life journeys. So, Beck, what I'd love is for you to perhaps just fill our audience in on who you are and then how you found real life medicine and where you went to from there. So I'm 42. I'm married. I have a teenage daughter. Well, actually, she's an adult now because she's 18. I've been keto for about 15 months and I've dropped a fair bit of weight since then. And I guess when you start these things, you try to get as much information as you can. And that was where I found your podcast. And I just loved it. It was just real and it was Australian, which is a big bonus because there isn't a lot of Australian content out there. And it just went from there. I listened to a couple of the success stories. I think it was, I did make some notes, Raylene, Shari. And that was when I decided to to join the 12-week program. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're right. At the start of your journey, you do, you become a little bit obsessed. Well, I did. And I, and I know lots of people did. And you're listening and you're looking. And I think it can be tricky, though, because there's actually truckloads of content out there, isn't there? Yeah, there is heaps. And that was part of my problem. Because what I do is I'd listen to something and think, oh, I'm going to try that. Or I'd listen to something else. So I did crazy things like an egg fast this week and then I'll drop more weight and then I'll do a protein sparing modified fast and I'll drop more weight and I just kept doing all these crazy things that I thought would be a quick fix so I never got out of that diet mindset that I'd been in for 25 years basically where I'd lose weight and put it back on and so while I thought I mean, eating that way was definitely helping because I had things like my skin tags go away and all that. So that was working, but my mind obviously wasn't where it should be. Yep. Yep. I think it's so interesting because you're right. I think a lot of people start a low carb or a keto diet still in diet culture and it's, it's not their fault. You know, they've been, we've been all been conditioned. And as you've heard me say many times, I'm an expert dieter. But recognising that the thing you have to do to lose the weight is the same thing that you do to maintain the weight. Yeah. 
So you don't want to be on an egg fast for your whole life. <laughs> yes, you really end up don't liking eggs after the end of that week. <laughs> and I think so many people fall into the trap of being very weight loss focused and don't care about the process. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I was losing my hair. I was tired, not sleeping. My iron was low. Just lots of things that even though my weight was going, obviously my body wasn't healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I've said it's been in my mind this week. People say, what's the fastest way to lose weight? And I'll say, yeah, top off a leg. And they kind of go, ha, ha, ha. And I go, it's essentially the same thing because, you you know, you can chop off a leg, you'll lose 10 kilos, but you're sacrificing your body to do it. Yeah. And we do it the same when we do these extreme dieting measures. And that's what I've done my whole life. I would join a gym. I'd do whatever program they were they were running. There was one I was doing where I would do two classes in the morning and then two classes at night and eat 1,200 calories. And, yeah, I'd drop weight, but then at the end of that 12 weeks when all the prizes had handed out, I'd just go and binge because I'd be so tired and run down and I'd get sick and injuries. And I was just – the things I did to myself, I realised, were just so cruel. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, in the quest of of having a smaller body. Yeah. But, you know, I think that it's not – it's certainly not women's fault that we do that because we're conditioned to believe that being thinner is better, that you're a better person, you, you, people will like you more, you're more attractive, the thinner you are, the better you are. Yep, 100%. Yeah. So I think we need to be kind to ourselves, give ourselves some grace and recognise that the stuff we did is not, you know, either way, whether it, as you're, you know, you hear us say a lot, being overweight is, is not your fault. There's, there's, it's, it's so easy just to blame the person. And same with this, you know, crazy dieting that we've all done. That, that's not our fault either. We were taught to do that. Totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> so you then, so I love it. So you came across the podcast, thought, oh, goody, they, I like these ladies, they're good. And <laughs> then what happened? So then you decided to join the 12-week mind-body rebalance. Yes. Wonderful. Oh, and my whole way of thinking changed. So I think the big thing I keep saying to myself now is, is this helpful? Is this going to help me get to where my goals are? Mm. But I changed a lot of things. I stopped going to the gym. I joined a Pilates class, so I do that in the mornings now. So I don't, I don't ache. My knees don't hurt. I can exercise and I feel good about it. I think one of the podcasts, You Can't Hate Yourself Thin, I think was the title, is one that really resonated with me. Wonderful. We will um, link that in the show notes, lovelies, to go back and have a look at. But, yes. Yeah, that just made a really, really got into my head and I, that's when I thought, I've been doing this for so long. <laughs> a couple of the other things I've changed is the gut health module. I've had IBS for as long as I can remember, well, I had all the tests and that's what they came up with. You have IBS, which is, I think, when they say we can't find anything else. So that's what we're going to put it down to. So the stress has really helped with that, all the stress modules. And I've started making my own kefir and eating sauerkraut and it has helped. The last couple of weeks, I've felt a lot better than I have in a long time with all my gut issues. Yep. 
And you know what's what I love too is so I mean unpacking those two points. One, we think they're going to a gym, and for some people they like to go to a, to a gym, but you don't have to go to a gym to do movement. Again, I, I was the same. I used to do lots of aerobics. I grew up in the eighties. Aerobics was the thing. The more you did, the better it was going to be because, again, it was all about the quest for thindom, where, in fact, you know, we actually know that exercise per se on its own, it doesn't, it's not the reason people lose weight. Exercise has lots of benefits for us, lots with mental health, with bone health, with muscle strength. But because people use it as a calorie, you know, component to burn calories, it, it doesn't work like that. No. And as you get older, you need to realise you can't do the same exercise you used to do. You can't do four classes at a gym to burn those calories because then you can't walk the next day. Yeah, and also do you want to? You know, that's the other thing. I think lots of people don't want to be spending hours in the gym doing that. No, and this lovely group of ladies that I do Pilates with in the mornings, it's just such a nice way to start the day. I get to work and I feel relaxed. I know I've done my exercise and it's just totally different mindset that I'm in. I don't wake up and go, oh, got to go to the gym. I wake up and go, oh, okay, off to Pilates. <laughs> I love that. And what you're describing then is that you've changed the way you look at exercise. Instead of it being a brutal regime, you found a way to make exercise part of your life that is something you look forward to. So it's a movement that that is pleasurable rather than one that is punitive. Yes, 100%. So it's so interesting, isn't it then? So your, I guess the big change, the transformation for you with doing the 12-week mind-body rebalance has really been about your mind. Yes. Things like binge eating, even though I was keto for about 15 months and I thought I'm doing the right thing, I'm eating the right thing because my weight was going down. But if it was somebody's birthday or somebody, say we were just going out for lunch, I'd, I'd think all week, oh, are we going out? I'm, I'll have something on the weekend. And then I would wake up fluffy because I'd have a piece of cake. Although I think I showed you in one of our groups, I've renamed my fluffy Spike, the little gremlin, because he just doesn't come out and growl. He just takes over the whole city and destroys everything. So... For the next few days after I do that, I would just eat anything I could get my hands on. And then it'd be, okay, Monday, back to it. No carbs on Monday. And you know, then it takes a couple of days and you start to feel okay again. And I'd go along and then something would happen or we'd go somewhere and poof, there it'd go and out would come Spike again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think um, there's lots of different theories on how people – should approach their food, if you like. So, you know, there's one set of people that believe that, you know, nothing should be off limits because that creates deprivation mindset and then the more the more it's off limits, the more you, you want it. And I kind of get that, except I think there's a, a level further that we can go down to help with that. But for a lot of people, even when you say to yourself, like you did, you know, it's fine. I'm going to have a little bit of cake on the mm-hmm. weekend. One bit of cake's not going to cause obesity. We know that. One little bit, you know, isn't going to, it's not the cause. But that one little bit can be the slippery slope. Yes. 
I have learnt that I am not a moderator. <laughs> I am an abstainer. <laughs> but once I am abstaining, I don't miss it. Once Spike or Fluffy is asleep, it's fine. I don't go looking for these. If people are having donuts at work, I just look at it and go, yeah, that's okay. That's great. I don't need one. Yeah. And it then becomes something that rather than yearning and looking at that donut, wishing you could have it or waiting till the end of a challenge or a program to have it, because, again, that's the other thing that often dieting does. And I'm always mindful when people call the 12-week mind-body rebalance, they'll call it a challenge. I go, oh, it's actually, it's actually not a challenge. It's an educational program that takes 12 weeks to deliver, but it doesn't finish at the end. It's not yeah. like at the end you go back and do what you did. It's more about learning the things that you need to do to be able to do this permanently. Yeah. And to look at it, as well, instead of me saying, oh, those donuts are bad, it's a bad food, I won't eat donuts, now I'd look at it and say, is that helpful? If I eat that donut, how's that helpful to me? It might taste nice for five seconds, but then I'm going to spend the next three days fighting those cravings again. Yeah, yes, and, and it, oh, God, I love that. You've absolutely implemented that lesson that we love, which is really, it's not judgment, it's not you know, I can't, there's no deprivation, there's no good or bad, there's no naughty, because a lot of people talk about that, oh, and having cheat days. The language is so important. The other one, I don't eat cake instead of can't eat cake. That's a big one. Even the other day, I had a really rotten day at work. It was just so busy. I came home, I ate my low-carb dinner, and then... I got up and I went to the cupboard and I held a bottle of wine in my hand <laughs> and I thought, is this helpful? Do I really need this? And I thought, no, and I put it back and actually went to bed. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And, again, because it just it creates that moment for you to make a rational decision on what you want to do rather than just reactive Yes. You can then, you give yourself that time. And that, and again, you may have the answer that, it, yes, I do want the wine. And again, it may or may not be helpful. You get to decide because you're the boss of you. But again, just giving yourself that pause is good. And then if the next day you decide that actually that wasn't that helpful, what sort of stuff have you learned in the 12 week mind body rebalance to help with that situation? You know, you do that SLC, so the self-compassion. I think I do everything with self-compassion now. Instead of just thinking about weight loss all the time, I'm thinking about health. It's been huge for me because I feel for the past 25 years, that's all I've thought about. I was always on a diet. I was always doing a challenge. I was always just focused on those numbers on the scales. And for the first time ever, I'm thinking about how I'm feeling and I'm thinking about my gut, which, as I said, has been an issue for so long. And it was just something that I always pushed to the background because whatever crazy thing I was doing, this is what I'm supposed to be eating to lose weight. I can't believe how cruel I've almost been to my body over the years. But like you were saying, that's what we're told to do. We count the calories, we go to the gym, we eat 
this and that or whatever is in that meal plan that they're telling us to eat. But for now, I'm thinking, I just want to heal everything. I want my gut to be good. Even when I have been doing keto for 15 months, I was eating a lot of sweet keto treats I was making nearly every night. And the sweeteners would upset my stomach, but they tasted good. So I'd keep eating it. But in now eating the real food, I barely ever use those sweeteners in anything. So that's settled down. And yeah, it's almost my whole mindset has changed. It really has. It's It's been remarkable. Oh, <laughs> I'm so happy for you, Beck, because it really, it is the absolute key. I think, you know, there's lots of ways that people can eat. And, you know, we've got our way that works for us and the majority of our clients. But, you know, I'm, I'm not so arrogant to assume that our way is the only way. I know that there are other ways. But the way that you need to be able to eat is the way that, it, that works for you with real food as the basis. And then for the majority of people that we help, low-carb real food is then that second level for it. And then combining that with learning how to manage your mind so that you can do it forever, not just mm. for 12 weeks or eight weeks or whatever your challenge is. Yes. I think for the first time in my life, I'm, I'm being kind to, to myself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because do you know what though? Again, we've grown up in the culture where thin was best and, you know, you would use, well, I did and you probably did too, you'd use just negative talk to try and motivate yourself. Yes. Come on, move your lazy ass, stop getting, you know, stop being a guts would be one of my lines. You're such a greedy guts. And when you think about that, mm. that's, it's not a very nice thing to say to yourself that you're greedy guts because we're not. We're not greedy. We're just trying. Yeah, I would say horrible things to myself all the time. <laughs> Why did you eat that? <laughs> yeah, what sort of things did you say? That I never stick to anything. Yes. Why Why did you eat that? Oh, I've ruined the day today because I've eaten this. I may as well just keep going all day. Oh, it's hard to think about now because I haven't been in that mindset for a little while. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Well, we don't want you to go back there, that's for sure. No. <laughs> But, you know, I remember used to, I used to have, um, you know, I had pictures of like supermodels around my, my mirror. This is again when I was much younger to try and motivate me. But in actual fact, I mean, I don't have the physique of a supermodel. I will never be a supermodel. I don't need to be a supermodel. My worth is way more than whatever my physical appearance looks like. But that's not what we were taught as young women. You know, it was all that you're only worthy or you're only valuable if you're beautiful and have a perfect body. Yes, I was very active when I was young. I was a swimmer and a kayaker and I had that really good body. But when I finished school, of course, I stopped doing a lot of that exercise and you start working and everything. And I put on a little bit of weight because that was a big thing. I wish in hindsight, I had realised, but I did five Weebix for breakfast, but that was okay when I was swimming 5Ks a day. But even then, I'd put on maybe five kilos. So I was not a size eight. I was a size 12. And that was perfectly acceptable. Now I look back and I think if I had just stayed and realised then that that was a healthy, happy place to be, I wouldn't have started this whole up and down roller coaster that I've been on with my weight the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Acceptance that 
that health has bodies that are all shapes and sizes and you don't have to be a lean, mean muscle machine to be healthy and beautiful and acceptable to society. Yeah. Do you know one of the things, though, when you said you ate five wheat bix again, (laughs) I'm going to say that that, that's not our fault either because the ads for wheat bix they encourage people to eat as many as possible. I think their slogan goes something like, how many do you do? So, yes. you know, you've got Brett Lee there eating nine wheat bix or whatever it is. Mm. If you go to their package, the serving size of wheat bix is two. So they're actively o- encouraging people to overeat the number of serving sizes in competition. Yes, and things like Nutrigrain. I would just snack on Nutrigrain all day. I mean, they had swimmers and surfers and everyone as their mascots. So that was what we were supposed to eat. We were swimming. We were doing all this exercise. We should be eating Nutrigrain. <laughs> the highest sugar content, I think, out of all of them. Absolutely. And, the you know, this is one of the, the sneaky, sneaky marketing tricks that comes. Again, it's so subliminal. As you said, they've got pictures of people that you identify with. And I can tell you, I don't reckon they're eating Nutrigrain all day. They might be no advertising <laughs> it, but they're not doing it. But again, we don't think of that. You just go, oh, yeah, I'm like them. I'm going to do this. I remember feeding my those little Nutrigrain as snacks when she was about two. You know, I'd just take a little tub out. And if she was crying or something and I needed a moment, I'd just shove her one of those. Yeah. Oh, I wish I knew now what I did when my daughter was young. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, hindsight. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But again, we, kindness to ourselves, it's not our fault. This is what we were taught, marketed to, advertised to. Yes. Even eat everything that's on on your plate. She'd say, I'm full, mum. And I'd look at it and think, no, you haven't eaten enough. (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. I know children have internal regulation systems around hunger and satiety, so hunger and fullness, and we as adults, because of our anxiety, try and override them for them. Yes. So funny, isn't it? It is. And that was something that our parents did to us and, yeah, it's just what we did. And then I'd think, oh, did you eat enough? Maybe not. Okay, you better have a yogurt after dinner because maybe you didn't eat enough. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I know. And we use that stupid train to shove food into them and all sorts of things. It's just, it is just amazing. But again, it's just conditioning, you know, your parents did to you. You see it on television, like you see it everywhere. So much of our behaviour around food is conditioned by what we see happening in movies, in ads, in, you know, family life. Yeah. So, darling, if if there are people out there listening um, who are interested in joining the 12-week Mind-Body Rebalance, but they're perhaps sitting on the fence, what, what would you say to them? Do it. Jump in. Don't think about it. Just give it a go because it just changes your whole mind. Even if you think, like, I thought I was eating well, being keto for that amount of time and yes I was losing weight and I still have lost more weight while doing the program it's it that hasn't stopped because I'm doing this of course but I'm doing it and feeling good about it at the same time I'm not hating myself I'm not talking badly to myself I'm enjoying learning how to look after myself for the first time in a very long time 
Oh, Beck, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today because I think that, again, real life journeys are what bring this, our podcast to life. And that's what we want to do. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Welcome, welcome. Have a wonderful day. Gorgeous ones, if you've been inspired by Beck and you'd love to join the 12-week Mind-Body Rebalance, you can join the waitlist, but the doors open next week. August the 29th is when we're open for enrolments. If you'd like to join the waitlist, just head to our website, rlmedicine.com forward slash waitlist, all one word, all lowercase. So looking forward to seeing you. Bye for now. So my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks thanks for for listening. listening. The information shared on the Real Health and Weight Loss podcast, including show notes and links, provides general information only. It is not a substitute, nor is it intended to provide individualized medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, nor can it be construed as such. Please consult your doctor for any medical concerns.